This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. So we said that healing is always God's will for the sick. We said number one, because it's in his redemptive plan. That great plan of redemption which God the Father planned and sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to consummate. It includes not only the new birth for the human spirit, but also physical healing for man's body. We said number two, healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. And God doesn't want us with anything that is of the devil. Sickness is from the devil. Amen. We said number three, healing is always God's will for the sick because God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. We read in Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 15. We saw Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 23, 25 and 26, Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, Psalm 105, verse 37, where it says, He brought them forth with silver and with gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Amen. Psalm 107, 17 to 20. Amen. So he provided healing for them in the old covenant, and they were his servants. Hebrews 8, 6 says we're in a new covenant established on better promises. For a covenant to be better, it must have everything they had and have a whole lot more. Praise God. The Bible says, beloved, now we the sons of God. We are God's sons. They weren't God's sons except by promise. They didn't have eternal life. That's why when the best of them died, they couldn't go to heaven yet. They had to be in Abraham's bosom. Because Jesus' blood dealt with sin from Adam's sin till the future. Went to the past and went to the future. Amen. The Bible says it's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by him. So those Old Testament saints, there were some folks that followed God in the Old Covenant, but they had to wait in Abraham's bosom until the blood was shed. And then one of the things you must have learned in Redemptive Realities class is he led captivity captive. You know, remember after he was raised from the dead, they saw those graves opened up, and then those Old Testament saints showed up. And then Jesus went to heaven with a cloud, and I believe it was that cloud of those Old Testament saints. Anyway, so they were God's servants. If he wanted his servants well, he wants his sons well. He wants his children well. Amen. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He made a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. So all those things, yes, were they part of the blessing of Abraham? They were. But according to Galatians 3.14, they are also ours. Amen. Hebrews 8.6, Galatians 3.13 and 14, 2 Corinthians 1.20, Ephesians 1.3, all point to the fact that all of God's blessings are ours. And those things are blessings. So they're, they're bound to be ours too. Further evidence that there's healing also in our covenant. Remember in Mark 16, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, anybody that believes the Great Commission is relevant today, Mark's rendition of it from verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow, shall accompany them that believe. First of them, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. 
They shall lay hands on the sick. On the sick. Notice he didn't say they shall lay hands on the sick that, well, those that are God's will to heal. He just said on the sick, period. So if anybody is sick, he said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So God wants us well. It's part of the great commission. The very reason why the church, the primary reason why the church is still here, world evangelization. In that great commission, there's divine healing. So it's part and parcel of our work. Praise God. So that means that healing is a part of the covenant, part of the new covenant. You see, healing is your provisional right, is your legal right, is your divine right. In fact, it's a fundamental human right. God wants you well. God wants you well. It's his will that we are healthy. You see, in John 6, 2, the Bible says that multitudes followed Jesus because of the miracles he did on those that were diseased. If you want to grow your church, have the supernatural working. Yeah. If you want to grow your church, have the sick getting healed. You see, nothing tells like the supernatural. That's just it. And nothing can take the place of the supernatural. And we have to contend for it. Praise God. See, people are looking for reality. There are real people with real problems and are looking for real answers. Amen. And whether you like it or not, there are real sicknesses. But thank God there is a real healer. Amen. And what God did in Christ is far greater than what the devil did in Adam. Amen. Praise God. So in the Great Commission, he said, They shall lay hands on the sick, verse 18, and the sick they shall recover. 19 says, And after he had spoken these words unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. And they went forth, verse 20, preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them. Them is in italics. So it actually says the Lord walking with and confirming the word with signs following. Now, is God's word still for today? Yes. yes. Is the Great Commission still for today? Yes. yes. Is the Great Commission given to the New Testament church? Yes. yes. So healing is a part of our covenant. You see, it's not a side issue. Somebody said healing is just a side issue. Jesus spent three quarters of his time on a side issue then, if it was a side issue. Teaching and ministering to the sick. It wasn't a side issue with Jesus. It shouldn't be a side issue with us. Praise God. It's God's will. It's God's will that we are healthy. He wants us well. Amen. And the more light we have about this, the more we will walk in it. You see, we've heard the new birth preached and taught so much that we have faith in it that's even unconscious. If we hear healing taught as much, we will just as easily walk in health. Just as easily. It will just be the norm. It will just be how it should be. And that's how it really should be. James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Now, who is the book of James written to? Some people have said all kinds of things. Who is it written to? James 1, verse 18. It says, of his own will begat he us of the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his own creatures. So he's talking to born again people, isn't it? Amen. Verse 19 says, Wherefore, beloved brethren, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Beloved brethren, there is the word agapetoi. Agapetoi was you. Now, I know this is not a Greek class, don't mind me, but sometimes some of these insights clarify things. That was only used for Christians. So it's talking to believers. Amen. They said, Well, it's addressed to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, the saints. Jewish saints who got scattered abroad. Amen. Verse, chapter 5, verse 14 says, Is any sick among you? He says, Let him call for the elders of the ecclesia, the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, 
anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So there's even forgiveness in healing. So obviously, it mustn't be God's will for any of the church who are sick to stay sick. If he's told us how to get well, he said, is any sick among you? So he's not expecting there should be any sick among us. But just in case there is, look, you can do this. Now, the word for sick there, also in the Greek, speaks of somebody who is so sick that he can't help himself. So it's not saying you have a headache, you send your pastor to come. You know, you sprain your ankle, you call the pastor to come. No. Someone who is so sick, he can't help himself. Praise God. So certainly, healing is a part of the new covenant. It's in our own covenant. Praise God. So those are three reasons we've seen now. Number one, because it's in the redemptive plan. Number two, because sickness and disease come from the devil. Number three, because God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided it under the new covenant. Well, fourth reason why you can be certain that healing is always God's will for the sick is because Jesus is the will of God in action. Jesus is the will of God in action. And Jesus, who is the will of God in action, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus, he's the will of God in action. He's the will of God in action. He's the will of God in action. If you want to know what God's view is about something, look at Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So if you want to know what is the Father saying about something, hear Jesus out on it. Remember, he said in John 6, 38, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So anything Jesus did, it wasn't his will. I remember that the Bible says of him that him who knew no sin, so he never sinned. That meant that in everything he did God's will. Remember, in John 14, John 14, verses 8 to 10, Philip said to him, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Sufficeth means it will be enough for us, it will satisfy us. And Jesus replied, have I been so long with you and yet thou hast not known me? He now said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He said, the words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So Jesus' words and his works were the Father's will. He was the will of God in action. He was the will of God in action. Remember in John's Gospel, the first chapter, from the first verse, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of that light. That all men through him might believe. This is the true light that lights every man that comes to the world. He came to his own. Even though the world was made by him. He came to the world. The world received him not. He came to his own. His own received him not. He now says, but as many, verse 12, has received him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Who are born, not of flesh or the will of man or, or, but, but, or blood, but who are born of God. Amen. Verse 14 now says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Remember I said, you know, that no one has seen the Father except the Son who has declared him. He came to declare God. If you want to know what God is like, well, look at Jesus. My dad is late. If you want to know what my dad is like, I can tell you I'm his son. I grew up in his house. I know him. 
Amen. If you want to know what, you know, sometimes people are wondering about a celebrity. What's he really like? What's he really like? And then someone who's close to them will say, look, this is how he really is. This is this about him. Jesus was the express image of God's person. Hebrews 1, from verse 1 to 3. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself touched our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus is the express image of the Father. Have you seen some kids who are a splitting image of their parents? My God, it almost looks like, did he vomit Did they vomit him? Wow, a splitting image. Look, Jesus is the splitting image of God. He's the ex express image of his person. He's the brightness of his glory. He's the outshining of the Father. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's attitude is about anything, look at Jesus. Remember in John 5, 19, he said that all the things he did were the things he saw the Father do. Yeah. Amen. So, he was the will of God in action. So, if you want to know what God's will is on any issue, let's look at what Jesus said about it. Let's look at what Jesus did about it. Now, with that as a background, remember in Matthew 8, from verse 2 to 4, there was this leper who came to Jesus. He said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now, the guy didn't have a problem with Jesus' ability to heal him. He knew Jesus had the power. Most Christians today don't have a problem with God's ability to heal. What they are not sure of is his disposition, his willingness to heal. He says, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus, and I like the way Luke puts it, he says he touched him freely. This was a leper. He touched him freely. And what did he do? He said, I will be thou clean. Amen. And remember, God is no respecter of persons. That I will is the same I will he's saying to everybody. I will. I will. And that leper was cleansed. And he's still saying the same I will. Now in Matthew 4, 23, the Bible says he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. It said in Matthew 9, 35, that he went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So he went about healing. Was there ever any time somebody came to Jesus said, Jesus, if you will, heal me. And Jesus said, hmm, hmm, let me see. I want to deepen your piety, whatever that means. I want to deepen your godliness. I want this to work eternal value in you. You see, this thing is meant to make you closer to God. It hasn't made you cl as close enough. Okay, go and wait. You know, God, he woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Come back tomorrow. Did that ever happen? No. Never. 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 Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. Healing all, all, all. What's all? All is every. All is everyone without anyone. Everyone. All that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. He's the will of God in action. And he always healed the sick. Both his words and his actions. He never turned one person down. Never did. Never did. So that's obvious. This thing must be God's will. He came to do the will of the Father. He was the express image of the Father. 
And if that was his disposition towards sickness, that's God's disposition towards sickness. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have heard me, you have heard the Father. I was talking with Pastor Hagin one time. You know, and he said, look, if you've seen me, you met my dad, and that's the truth. Amen. He's his son, grew up in his house, has the same spirit of faith, just like the dad. So that's the, that's the deal. This is the, the son, the son of God, and he always healed the sick. He never turned anybody down. Amen. Amen. So nobody has a right to turn anybody away from healing today in, the, in his name. To do so is to be mean. It's always his will. Always, always his will for the sick to be healed of whatever condition. Amen. He always healed the sick. Always healed the sick. I like that song. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. The mighty healer healed the leper. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. See, that's him for you. And that's God. Now, the question is, has God changed? He said in Exodus 15, 26, I'm the Lord that healed thee. Notice he didn't say, I was the Lord that healed thee. Or I will be the Lord that healed thee. He said, I am the Lord that healed thee. Yeah. I remember I said in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, I change not. If he's the healer, he's still the healer. Now, covenants might have changed, but God did not change. You know, sometimes people think that in the old covenant, God was mean. When the new covenant came, he became gracious. It's a lie. He's always been gracious. Yeah. Amen. God didn't change. What changed? The terms by which God related with man. That was what changed. The old covenant, the law was the best thing God could give to spiritually dead men. It was an interim government, a shonekon government. Amen. It was a schoolmaster until the time of Christ. And now that faith has come, we're not under a schoolmaster anymore. We're not under the law anymore. Praise God. And even under that law, they had healing. They had health. They had long life. I will pursue you pursue you hard if you permit sickness in your body. I will get on your case. Don't permit that stuff. Doesn't glorify God. You're not bringing honor to God doing so. Now, it's not your fault if you found yourself there, but it's your fault if you do nothing about it. And you can do something about it. You say, but, 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 but I'm waiting for God to do something. God has done everything he's going to do. Ever played chess before? You know, this guy moves, then you make a move. He moves, you make a move. He moves, he, you make a move. See, God has made his move. It's your move now. Sometimes they're saying, God, why are you allowing this? If you only could hear what he's saying. He's saying, son, why are you allowing it? He said, God, why are you allowing it? He said, daughter, why are you allowing it? The only reason I'm allowing it is because you're allowing it. Matthew 18, 18. Whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you don't allow on earth won't be allowed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, lose in heaven. Another translation says allow or disallow. The power of binding and losing is not in heaven. It's here on earth. Heaven will back us up on what we allow. Heaven will back us up on what we disallow, on what we forbid. So, fourth reason, healing is always God's will for the sick because Jesus, who is the will of God in action, in his words and actions showed that healing is always God's will. He healed all. Never turned anybody down. Amen. So that's number four. Fifth reason why you can be absolutely certain that healing is always God's will for the sick is the father heart of God. The father heart of God. Reason number five. Why you can be absolutely certain that healing is always God's will for the sick is the father heart of God. The father heart of God. 
the Father heart of God. Now, remember we established from Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we saw from there that healing is good. Another scripture that proves that healing is good is Acts 4, 9. Remember, about the lame man that was healed at the gate of beautiful. And Peter now said in Acts chapter 4, verse 9, that if we this day be examined concerning the good deed, you know, sometimes we talk about good works. Let's do good works. The church should do good works. This is one good work the church should be doing. Getting the sick healed. Yes. Should we be involved with, you know, uh, uh, helping the, the IDPs? Yes. But listen, this is one good work that if we did more of, we'll get more of them born again. It's a good work. It's good. If we this day be examined of this, the good deed done to this man, by what means he is made whole. So Peter referred to that man's healing as a good deed. A healing. So it's good. Healing is good. Now, what does the Bible say about God and good things? Matthew 7, 11. It says, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Amen. He's a good God. He's a good God. James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't cast shadows. There's no darkness about him. He's light. There's no changing about him. There's no shifting shadows. He hasn't changed. And he's good. He's a good God. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. Any fathers in the house? How many of you would go to your child's school and say, well... I know that, that, that boy or that girl, she can be some, somehow, sometimes. She doesn't do what you, you tell her to do. In this syringe is some HIV virus. You know, just inject it into his bloodstream so that he will learn to behave well. Anybody who do that? To listen to the way some Christians talk. If God is the kind of person they claim he is, he will have been in prison for child abuse. That's the truth. That's the truth. To hear them talk, you think God and the devil that they have swapped jobs in the last 2,000 years. That the devil is not the one who is healing them and God is the one who is making them sick. No, the devil is still a bad devil and God is still a good God. He's a father. He's a father. He's a father. He's our father. And a good father at that. Not a mean father. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Ooh, you know, he's the father of mercies. He's the father of mercies. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. It says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good. You see it there again. He's good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. He is good to all. He is good to all. And his tender mercies are over how many of his works? All his works. And remember, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So we are his workmanship. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Psalm 103, verse 13 says, Like a father pities his children. He says, He pities us, He knows our frame. 
Look, he's not a mean God. Some people's idea of God is one guy with, you know, with a cricket bat in his hand, waiting for you to make the slightest mistake. He's just looking out for your faults. He's just looking out for your shortcomings. He's just waiting for you to miss it. And then he's going to club you. No, that's not God. That's not God. That's the Pharisees' idea of him. That's not Jesus' idea of him. That's not God's idea of himself. He's a good God. Notice here that he says he's full of compassion. He's full of compassion. He's full of eager yearning. Look, God wants you healed so badly, it hurts. He wants you healed so badly that it hurts him that you're sick. As far as God is concerned, you know, say, ah, oh, this pain, it has lasted too long. God didn't even want it to have started in the first place. God wants you healed like yesterday, like last year. He wants you healed so badly. I mean, he's full of eager yearning. He's full of eager yearning. The Hebrew word for compassion and the Greek word for mercy are identical. Let's see some things about this mercy. Notice he says it's good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. We're looking at his father heart. Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 1. From verse 40. It says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, that can make me clean. Verse 41 says, And Jesus moved with compassion. Remember that God is full of compassion. God is full of eager yearning. Move with compassion. Put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. 42 says, And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Notice he was moved with compassion. You see that? Let's go to Mark 10. Mark 10. Bartimaeus. The son of Timaeus. That's what it means. Bartimaeus. From 46 to 52. Mark 10. And there came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Now, what was he crying out? And say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this guy was sick, right? He was blind. What was he asking for? Mercy. Mercy. How many people know that God's mercies forgive sins? How many people believe that God is still so merciful he can forgive sins today? Amen. But listen, healing, forgiveness is one of his mercies. Healing is also one of his mercies. Amen. Now, he was asking for mercy, right? What mercy was he asking for? Verse 48, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, you know, religious people. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, that garment was the garment that a blind guy will use, so we'll know he's blind. So he's saying, I'm not going to need this anymore. So he cast the garment away. That was his faith. Casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? Notice he was saying, Have mercy on me. What, what mercy exactly are you asking for? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. You can see that healing is one of his mercies, isn't it? Matthew, Matthew 14, 14. 
Matthew 14, 14. I want us to see these things in our own Bibles. Praise God. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. He was moved with compassion. And what did he do when he was moved with compassion? He healed their sick. Matthew 20, from 29. And as they departed from Jericho, the same story, great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still, and called them, and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them. Now, in Mark's, the other Mark's account, it, it doesn't bring out that he had compassion on them. It's just that they were saying, have mercy on us. Bartimaeus saying, have mercy on us. This now shows that he actually had compassion. So the healing was his mercy. Are you listening? It's one of his mercies. The Father heart of God. In 2 Corinthians 1.3, God is called the Father of mercies. The father of mercies. The father of mercies. There was one camp meeting in the 80s. Tulsa Convention Center. Brother Higgin was teaching about the power of God. And then there was this man, he had a heart problem. He was a sinner man. His wife got on his case and got on his case and just almost pestered him into coming for the meeting. He came. There were just two more seats in the overflow up that he could sit somewhere. So he sat there. He criticized the message from beginning to end. His wife got embarrassed, you know. Then, Brother Higgins started laying hands on the sick, and the man said, that's just hocus pocus. He's just hypnotizing. He's hypnotizing them. You know, folks began to fall under the power. He said, he's just hypnotizing them. You know, that's what he was saying. And all of a sudden, the man's face turned white as a sheet. And then he began to say, it's going all over me. It's going all over me. It's going all over me. The wife said, what's going all over you? He said, that power, that preacher talked about, it's going all over me. Well, he got back to the hospital after the meeting, went to see his doctor. His doctor said, well, somebody up there likes you. You've got a brand new heart. You say, how come God to heal that man? Well, Christ died for the ungodly and he qualified. Don't you think so? He's the father of mercies. He's the father of mercies. He is gracious. He's a good God. He's a good God. A compassionate father. A merciful father. A loving father. His father heart. He's full of eager yearning. He's full of eager yearning. Remember the prodigal son? The father will look out every day. And look out every day. Looking out for that young boy. Looking out for that young man. See, how they recital. Our eyes go back to my father's house. See, I've sinned against heaven and I said, I no know what to call thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. See, he had his recital ready. The father didn't let him recite his recital. The moment he saw him afar off, he ran towards him. The father hugged him. And you know, many folks are like that elder brother. They got mad. The father, you know, killed the fatted calf through a party for him. And the, the elder brother wouldn't even call him brother. He said, this thy son. This your son. He said, my brother. See if he's not. He's the man's son too. As if they are not brothers. He said, look at what he did. And yet you've done all this for him. The father answered him, son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is thine. You see, what the elder brother didn't know is that he could have been having a party every day. He could have been having a party every day. See, there are some, some people, sometimes we think that 
God is going to heal us because of our piety. You know, I pay my tithes. I don't miss church. You know, I'm full of good works. And then we come bragging on ourselves, bragging on our works, bragging on who we are, who we are not. You know, there's a song I like to sing sometimes in the healing line. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. You don't merit, you can't, you can't earn God's healing. You can't earn God's blessings. Well, does the Bible teach you living right? It does. But listen, we don't earn God's blessings. Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for it. It's one of his mercies. And here come some of these sinner guys who haven't lived so good. And they just come and say, God, I don't have any work to brag on. I just throw myself over on your mercy. I know you're a good God. I know you're a wonderful father. And they get healed right away. And one time, Brother Higgins was on the healing line. There was this girl, 16-year-old. She had been involved with immorality. You know, she had venereal diseases. They were going to remove her, her womb, take out her ovaries, take everything out that made her a woman. It would be impossible for her to have a child. Now, he didn't know anything about her situation. As he was going on in that line, he came to her, to her turn, and then he heard the Lord say to him, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Tell her to admit she's been that fool and I'll heal her. He said that to her. The lady just went on her knees, threw her hands in the air, said, oh God, I've been a fool. I've been a fool. I've been a fool. She was instantly healed by the power of God. Who did that? Your daddy did that. My daddy did that. He's a good God. 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 A merciful Father. A compassionate Savior. Glory to God. And guess what? He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. The Bible says we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He said, such a high priest becometh us. See, we have a merciful high priest at the right hand of the Father. He is a good God. 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 He is not out to punish you. He's out to bless you. Let me ask you, as we close this hour, if I tell you, do as I say and not as I do, what will you call me? Hypocrite. hypocrite. Now, second question, is God a hypocrite? No. Third question, how many times did God say if my brother were to offend me in one day I'm to forgive him? Matthew 18, Luke 17, 70 times, seven times. In one day, listen, if you offend God 70 times, seven times in one day, and after each time you go to him and say, oh God, I messed up. I was wrong. Forgive me. He will forgive you. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a merciful father. Am I making a case for wrongdoing? I'm not. You know, sometimes people say, well, you folks are just trying to give people a license to sin. Look, people don't need a license. They will sin without your license. They don't need one. I'm just trying to say that God is a merciful father. Let me tell you, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. The greatest motivation to live right is love. If it's a fear of hell, it will crumble under sufficient pressure. The, the greatest motivation is love. And how do we get to love God? The more we know how much God loves us, the more we will love him. And if we love him, we will love other people. People who are vindictive, who are mean-spirited, who are nasty, there are people who don't understand the Father's heart. And you know, some people think that they're representing God by being so, you know, they're going to give you the short end of the stick. 
the short end of the stick. You see, that's not who God is. He's a good God. Yes, he's a God of justice. Don't get me wrong. Yes, it's in the Bible. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. That's true. We must remember that. He says, he that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But listen, he's a merciful father. You can come to him on the basis of his mercy. He's a good God. He's a father. He's a father. I heard a father one day. He was talking to his son. He said, look, go and cause the trouble. When you finish causing it, come and see whether I will not back you up. Yes. The boy refused to get married on time. Then the father told him, he said, if you see any girl you like, impregnate her. Now, that's wrong counsel. That's ungodly. But the man was saying, even if you do, I will back you up. I will say, yes, he do. Now me. Now my, now, now me born him. He will stand by him. What was he saying? It was his father instinct. It was his father instinct. I saw a father one day. I was talking to his son. The son had messed up. The man said, I'm disowning you. I'm throwing you out of my house. He threw the boy's things out. The young man came and said, well, I am in my father's house. He's like, you two go to your father's house. You can't change me. You are my father. Listen, he's your father. He's your father. He's your father. information and inquiries please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163